0: Actually, that question comes up again and again, Uh, right? Because if you're like me, you have a lot of friends who are depressed, a lot of friends who go around very gloomy, think the world is coming to an end. You turn on the television, and you turn from channel to channel to channel, and you see the same faces again. Then you turn TV off, and faces are still there. Yeah. See, it's there. Uh, we're living in very spooky times. are a little better at giving a little more money to people for health care and and you know for uh, education and so on but you know fundamentally from the from the very beginning of this country you know the, the, the nation has been in the hands of the rich of the elite and, and they have controlled the legislation I mean you all well, you have to look at the, the very first pieces of legislation uh, that were passed by the very first Congress, passing Alexander Hamilton's economic program. You know, and it's a program that favors the rich, it favors the bankers, it makes a connection between the banks and the United States. It taxes the farmers in order to pay off the bondholders. It sounds very familiar, familiar, familiar. and imperialist for a very long time very long time it was expansionist immediately starting right after the Revolutionary War and has continued right up to the present day and it didn't matter whether we had liberals in the White House or conservatives in the White House it didn't matter whether you had Democrats or Republicans You know, uh, can you talk about hope? Uh, yes, you can talk about it. <laughs> you, you can even feel it. You can even suggest it. Not because we are not because we expect anything immediate to happen that will reverse the direction of American foreign policy or reverse the direction of American national policy. No, I, I, if you talk about being hopeful, you, it's not a good idea to talk about something that you expect immediately. Can only come if you have some perspective some historical perspective if you think in long terms if you're willing to be patient and I don't mean patient in the passive sense no patient in the sense of being active and persistent and continuing and going on and on and on even when things look gloomy you know and and the reason you can have a hope uh, in, uh, in a situation like that is if you have some historical perspective you know that there have been other times in american history in which people have felt as yeah as desperate as people today Slavery would be abolished. Because not only was slavery so deeply, deeply rooted in in this country in the South, and also in the North, by the way, and not only that, but the national government, right up to Abraham Lincoln, did not seem eager to do anything about slavery. I mean, they were people on their own, they were the, the black slaves on their own, except for what's at first was a handful of agitators in the North, abolitionists, black and white, and it seemed like an impossible task that slavery, you know, would be overthrown. But it was, but it was. Seen this again and again historically, you know, in this country, you know, and the the labor movement has f- had to fight against enormous odds. Oh, working people uh, have gone through t- tremendous tr- grievances for a long, long time, and we're not getting any help. They are the, not getting any help from uh, from Congress or from the Supreme Court or from the President. Uh, the, the eight-hour day was not one because Congress passed a law, because the president issued a decree, or because of a Supreme Court decision. The eight-hour day was one uh, because working people persisted, in spite of the fact that their situation seemed desperate, in spite of the fact that, they, that you know, they didn't look very hopeful for them. They had nobody on their side except themselves. Except themselves. Except themselves. If they went out on strike, if they boycotted, if they were willing to go to jail, if they were willing to lose their jobs, uh, and if they stuck at it and stuck at it and stuck at it, yes, at some point, yeah, they would win me at an eight-hour day. At some point, things would change. South tried again and again and again to to break into that ironclad wall of segregation, and again and again they failed. Again and again they were beaten or killed. Uh, They tried to register to vote or tried to go to some place where they weren't supposed to be. And then at a certain point in history, a few young people did something in in the spring, uh, in the early part of 1960, and it caught on. That's what happens. Things, you, you do something, you do something, it fails, it fails a hundred times, and then it catches on. Despite the Constitution, despite the 14th and 15th Amendments and and all the promises of that, no president was enforcing those amendments, and so black people in the South had to do it by themselves, and they did. And they persisted, and they didn't give up. And and the South was transformed, not enough, of course. Nothing has ever transformed enough, (laughs) you see, nothing. People persisted, people persisted, people persisted, people persisted. Uh, people did not give up and give up and give up. later on the Boston Common, 100,000 people showed up. you compare the situation today with the situation in the anti-war movement or the civil rights movement i say well look you're thinking of those movements at their height think of those movements at their beginning beginning think of how it looked when those movements started out that's how it looks now, now. They're there.
1: J-E-A-A.
0: want to do something about it, and, uh, and those numbers are going to grow so long as people persist you know, and don't give up. From the past. What do they have to say to us today? Well, I think what they have to say to us today is think for yourself. Um, Don't believe what the people up there tell you. Uh, Live your own life, think your own ideas, and don't depend on saviors. Don't depend on the founding fathers, on Andrew Jackson, on Theodore Roosevelt, on uh, Lyndon Johnson, on Obama don't depend on our leaders to do what needs to be done because whenever whenever the government has done anything to bring about change it's done so only because it's been pushed and prodded by social movements by ordinary people organizing by you know traditional history creates passivity because it it gives you the, the people at the top and it makes you think uh, All you have to do is go to polls every four years and and elect somebody who's gonna do the trick for you. And no, uh, we want people to understand that uh, that's not gonna happen. In writing these books and presenting uh, these uh, voices on stage Uh, all of it however far back it goes in our history all of it is aimed towards the present we we don't believe in history for its own sake we believe that history uh, has to be something that deals with and helps us understand and helps us act upon what is going around us, the wars that are taking place, the concentration of wealth at the time at the top, the uh, prejudice against uh, immigrants, the, yeah, the, the lack of health care for people, the, the starvation and sickness around the world. We want, we want our history uh, Whatever period it deals with and whatever the words are, we want them to be aimed at, at us. And we want them to provoke us and stimulate
1: us and inspire us to participate in the social struggles of our time.